My name is Jillian Perrick, and I'm a lover of all things orange chocolate, think One Tree Hill is way better than the OC. And as a person who stutters, I hope to one day inspire women with invisible disabilities to overcome their limiting beliefs and start the business of their dreams, just like I did. I'm a mindset coach specializing in imposter syndrome, helping women beat their inner imposter using neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, and time techniques. And this is the From Imposter to Empowered podcast. This podcast is for you if you're an entrepreneurial woman trying to navigate the online space with a lot of passion and a lot of uncertainty. If you feel like your ideas are unoriginal, that your message isn't necessary or important, or like you're a complete and total fraud, then you've come to the right place. This podcast will take you from imposter to empowered with ninja-like brain hacks, easy to implement strategies, and uplifting real talk to make you feel like everything you want is in reach. Let's get started, girlfriend. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. So today's episode is with Tess Wicks. Tess is a business and mindset coach, and she actually helps money coaches create their own offers so they can make more money themselves and get more clients. And she has experience from being in data and research and being a money coach herself. Um, so I am so excited to have her on the pod. We met actually in person at the Yes Supply NLP certification course that we took. So as you guys know, I'm certified in neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, time techniques, and EFT. And she and I were actually in the same live class to get our certification. And that was back in January of this year. So January 2020. And we met and we were we hit it off right away and the whole class was just amazing so we stayed in touch and we actually did a podcast swap so I'm going to be on her podcast as well and she came on and talked all about her experience as a money coach and how she switched over to this niche of now helping money coaches and we also talked about her own inner imposter and the types of things that she was experiencing becoming a new coach and even stuff that she experiences now as a coach because as we know it never truly goes away it's something that I think we're all impacted by no matter what stage we are in our business Um, and I hope you guys really enjoy this episode there's some really great tangible money advice that she gives um, and we just shoot the shit and I hope you guys love it. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Tess. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Jill. So first, I just want you to kind of tell us your story and how you became a coach and came into this specific niche that you're in. Yeah, so it's a long story. I'm going to try to keep it brief, Um, but ultimately... When I got into coaching, I really didn't know that coaching was a thing. Maybe I did, but I didn't think it was something I wanted to do. Um, And so basically how it started was I had a podcast at the time. I was... I still have the podcast. I just interviewed Jill on it. (laughs) Um, And right now it's called the Wander Wealthy Podcast and the topics have completely changed. But in the very beginning, it was the Words and Money Podcast. And I started it because I had quit my job and I was like, I need to do something. And I I had started a podcast the year earlier with my friends and 
you know, we were working on that and I was like, okay, no, I can do something like this. And then I had also been working as a, a independent contractor with this content marketing company doing like writing content and just let it be known previous to this, I was an actuary, which means I was someone who looked at a lot of data. I basically like ran these models and interpreted data and math and financial equations. So I really didn't think like I could do anything other than that, but I was really unfulfilled in my career path and that career path that I had chosen. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of exploring. And so through having start having started that podcast and having d- started doing this like content strategy thing that I was just like, I don't know, but the wonderful woman take a, took a gamble on me. I started being able to realize that like there was a content creation or content creator inside of me. And this was potentially a business venture that I could go down. So I started my own podcast and I was making no money at it. So I was just like still making money on other things. And then eventually someone reached out and was like, Hey, love that you talk about money. And I was basically interviewing other people because I didn't think I had the answers. So we're going to get into imposter syndrome, but I was like, I'm not qualified to only be me talking about money. So I'm going to interview other people, like other money experts about it. And someone then reached out to me and was like, can you coach me on money? Cause I like love that you interview a bunch of other people, but I like you and I want to hire you as my coach. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, what? But out of my mouth, I was like, certainly let's do it. Um, and so then I just kind of started coaching, you know, one person here, another person there, a couple people here, a couple people there. Um, and yeah, that's how I got into being a money coach. And then through the process, eventually, you know, after making a ton of mistakes, after questioning my abilities and my authority and my expertise and whether I was even a good coach or not, um, I did build my business to be fully booked out with money coaching. And then I immediately started pivoting into working with, I was, I was originally working with traditionally employed women. Um, and then I started working with self-employed women on their money. And now very recently I've decided to actually help fellow money coaches become money coaches or build their money coaching business or grow their money coaching business. Um, just because I understand the struggles and everything that gets in the way. And it's my mission and my, my vision and my, you know, my passion to bring more financial literacy to the world, but I want to do it through empowering more coaches to then be able to make those, that impact with their clients. I absolutely love that because I think it just shows the evolution of our coaching businesses, like from where we actually started, you know, like Mm -hmm. we had this idea of what our coaching business was going to look like, and then it ended up being something completely different. Um, but that's why I think it's so important to just trust that, like you're being led in the right direction, because even if you take a different direction than you initially thought, it's always the right path. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're not locked into one, you know, if you pick something, you're not locked into it and not picking something is the worst thing to do. Oh my God. Exactly. Um, and I just wanted to ask, was there imposter syndrome that came up for you when you switched your niche recently? Yes. I mean, there's, there's imposter syndrome every step of the way. And there has been for me, I've actually tried to switch my niche 
before. Mm -hmm. Like when I was working with traditionally employed women and then I wanted to start working with business owners, I switched and then I switched back. (laughs) Yes. And finally I switched again. And then this new switch was like, this is how imposter syndrome manifested for me. Mm -hmm. I, and I think it's really, well, I'll just share it. Um, trying to like explain before I even tell the story. (laughs) I was like, I know I'm qualified to coach fellow money coaches on building their businesses and essentially step into a business coaching role. But I've always been super, you know, I think integrity is super important and it's important to be able to, to sit in your integrity and go, this is something that I have accomplished or I have experience with helping other people accomplish before you really go and kind of like offer it up, you know, like, I don't want to have, I don't want to hire a business coach who hasn't built a business. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just personal to me. I do think that like, you can be a work in progress and help others. And I also think that like, you can help businesses in so many ways that obviously help their business without, you know, you probably don't have the answers to helping them with certain things, but you can help them with things that you've accomplished that you know will be helpful to them. Like helping businesses with imposter, business owners with imposter syndrome is like a perfect example. Um, And so when I was kind of making that transition, I was really scared to step into that because I was like, well, I don't know if I've built a successful business. And it's because my goals are constantly being recalibrated, right? So I'm constantly recalibrating my goals to what success means to me. And so what success means to me is obviously not what success means to a money coach just getting started or who is even thinking about money coaching or who is has been money coaching, but is a little bit frustrated with like only working with a couple of clients and not really knowing if this is a scalable business. And so I was, I remember talking to my fiance and I was like, can I be a business coach? If I don't like, if I'm looking at my business with a critical eye being like, well, I haven't hit the marks that I wanted to hit when my marks are so much higher because they've constantly been moving. Whereas the marks that I've hit, that's what people want to hit. And I can help them with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And like, I think we all have that kind of feeling like if I don't know it all, then I don't know anything, but it's it's not the case at all. Like we all have our certain like strengths and we all have our certain weaknesses, but why do we feel like we need to have all the knowledge Mm -hmm. until we can finally be good enough? And I think it just comes down to again, that worthiness of like, am I good enough to do this? But the actual like validation doesn't come from anyone else. It has to come from within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So getting into specifically imposter syndrome, can you tell us about your experience with it when you started out as a new coach? Mm, It, I mean, it came up in so many different ways. And I think for me, a lot of it was, and especially, um, and I'm sure this comes up in a lot of other industries as well, but especially the money coaching industry, there is kind of this specific personality to people who want to become money coaches in that like, they like 
that there is an answer to everything. Like there's right and then there's wrong. And it's very similar to how it's like an all or nothing type of thinking is like, if I don't know everything, then I know nothing. And like money is like, well, if I'm going to help someone with this, you know, this particular financial problem, then I should also know the answers to like everything that might come from that or maybe the next steps that they want to go. And that definitely came up for me. And, and I think it's for like, from my past experience of working in the financial industry, I think it really comes up because there's so much regulation and so many, you know, things about like knowing it all and, and having, I guess like even just like being smart being smart and being knowledgeable and having all the resources kind of figured out and at your fingertips. And that can get in the way and actually be very intimidating that to the point where you know that you can help people, but you don't, you like trip over the starting line because you feel like you don't know enough to help people. When in reality, like people don't want the answers to some of the more advanced questions that you probably shouldn't even be answering. Yes. Absolutely. So if you were to give like new coaches in your specific niche, some beginning advice for helping them work through those types of feelings, what would you tell them? Mm, I think first and foremost is really just recognizing that where you're at, there's someone who sees you and wants to be there. And they're like, I don't know what she's doing, but she seems like she's got it going on. And maybe, maybe you've just started really figuring out your finances and you're in a good rhythm, or maybe you've healed your relationship with money because previously it was like terrible and you would avoid it. And now you can actually look at it and, you know, maybe you're not debt free yet, but you're actually paying down the debt and you have a really good relationship where where you're showing up and you're following through and you're in integrity with yourself that's when you know that you're ready. You can take on clients who want to have where you're at. And then as you advance, cause you'll, con- again, your goals will constantly just like reevaluate themselves or you will reevaluate them. Then you're going to advance and then you can help your clients advance too. So really like you just need to be one step ahead of your client to really take them on as a client to be like, yep, I've been there. I've done that. Or I've helped someone who was there and was able to accomplish that. So that's the number one thing is just like coming to that realization yourself and not tripping over the start line. Um, And the other thing I think that had really helped me was actually sitting down and deciding like, what's my methodology here? Mm -hmm. And I think when you can put it on paper and you can like claim it as like, this is a methodology, this is a blueprint, this is a process, this is a system, like call it whatever you want, but determine what the steps are that you can like take on a platter and hand to your clients. And you know, you're not giving away the the magic inside by showing them what the methodology is or even what the steps are because where coaching, like where the magic happens in coaching is like the accountability, it's the support, it's the, wait, how do I do this specific thing? And that's where you can dive in and really support them. And then the third thing is also trusting yourself and being really resourceful because just like you don't want to trip over the starting line, but if there is something that comes up, it's safe for you to either say, A, that's out of my scope. I'm not qualified to talk on that. Or like, it wouldn't be moral or ethical for me to give you an answer regarding that. Like if, you know, someone has a tax question, like 
no money coach is qualified to answer the tax question unless they are a qualified tax preparer. Or I don't know what you call it in, in Canada, but like a CPA. Yeah. Um, and then second of all, if it's not something that is like, you know, you really have to be careful about walking the line with, you can always say, you know, that's a great question. Let me get back to you with the answer because I want to make sure that I give you like a really, the, the right answer in the right time. And off the top of my head, I just like don't have access to it. Oh, I love that one because it's always like, again, we expect ourselves to know everything. And if we don't, that must mean that we're not qualified. Right. But mm-hmm. like, it's okay for you to be like, you know what? I just need a little bit of time to think on that. Um, and then actually come back and actually like respond thoughtfully instead of just like throwing something together. You know where that comes from for me is like the, the expectation that you need to know all the answers is our school systems. And I always talk about how like entrepreneurship in itself is such a challenge to our subconscious mind that thinks like, what the fuck are you doing? This is dangerous. Um, You should be doing this because it's not linear. And the things that are linear are typically our school systems. And like, do you call it corporate America? (laughs) Um, I would say corporate. I wouldn't call America, but (laughs) it's just like such a as such a word that like yeah, yeah, yeah. gets thrown around. I was like, wait, what do Canadians call it? Yeah. Cor- the corporate world. Yes, the corporate. Um, like those things are so linear. You have someone telling you what to do, giving you expectations of like where you need to be by the end of six months or whatever, and then grading you on where you are. And then usually you're like, if you're do, if you're checking all the boxes, you're moving up the ladder or you're moving, you're getting promoted or, you know, whatever. Um, and it's like really, there's all these expectations and especially in school. Like I remember in high school, we had a biology teacher who was brand new and we just gave her hell because she was new and she, you know, she would be teaching us and then she wouldn't necessarily know all the answers to our questions. And we would just berate her because we were terrible little evil human beings, teenagers. Um, and I feel so bad, but that also got so imprinted into my subconscious mind about like, I have to have the answer or I'm going to be like her and people are going to hate me. And that's just like not real life and not people's expectations because in the real world, even in corporate America or sorry, the corporate world, (laughs) Um, even in the corporate world, like it's never expected that, you know, like all the answers they're actually, they, they encourage you to be resourceful. And that's what, like, that's what the real world is. But we get programmed with these beliefs that we have to have it like all memorized and know all the answers right then and there. Yeah. And like, just hearing you talk, it has me like thinking like, it's not hard. It's just new. And I think if we looked at things that way, especially when you're like beginning your business and you're setting everything up and you're doing all these things for the first time. I think we have to like, remember that it's not hard. It's just, you're just doing something new and you're just learning. And I think instead of going the route, because I mean, I work technically in the corporate world and I can see how people would get caught up in like, if they don't know the answer, like they're going to be judged or people don't think that they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that really comes down to like your own ability to be okay with screwing up or 
making a mistake because yeah. we all will, like, it's all like, we're all going to do it. And I think that really comes back down to that, like fear of failure or rejection, because we all, at the end of the day, we just want to be accepted. We just want to be loved. And we're worried that it, like, if we screw up, then that won't be the case. Yeah. So I love that you were talking about all that stuff. And like, I agree. You don't have to be a million steps ahead of someone to help them because then you actually can't relate to them. So if you're just two steps ahead of somebody, you can help them. So I love yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were to name your inner imposter, what would her name be, Tess? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And I immediately went to the name that I would use when I would like go out and get drinks with my friends and people would come up and be like, what's your name? And I would always tell people Vanessa. Vanessa. Okay. And so I, I would love for like Vanessa to be my positive alter ego, but I don't think she is. I think she's my inner imposter. I also haven't used Vanessa for a long time, so she can stay in the past. <laughs> so if you were to say like, what type of things does she say to you? Even now, like as an established coach, what things still come up for you? Mm. I think for sure the, I'm, I'm constantly hearing from Vanessa that I need to know more. Like I can't do this until I know the answers or I know the strategy. I can't offer this type of service or, or, you know, bigger picture coaching offer without knowing this really specific thing that like might not even come up. And so that's one big thing that I am constantly reminding myself that, you know, Vanessa can shut it. Yeah. And like, I think it was really cool how you talked about having a certain like methodology to your coaching, because I think that's what helps you really feel like an expert and like an authority because you have a certain way of doing things that is so unique to anyone else. Yeah. And I also think, you know, in terms of my imposter syndrome, what comes up from Vanessa with like the, well, you don't know about this one specific thing is when you have a methodology or a process or steps, you can also point to them as like your boundaries or as your scope of work. And so you can be like, you know, if a client asks you about it, you can be like, well, that's not within the steps. And so that gives you a really good out to either be like, that's outside of my scope or let me do some research and I can get back to you on it and see if I can help you with it. But like, you can like lean and ride and die on your steps and your process and your methodology and know that like, that should be the expectation. So if there's something outside of the expectations that a client is asking for, like, you know, what all of my imposter gremlins come up and say, like, you don't know this, you don't know this, you don't know this. And it's like, well, that's okay. Cause that's not what I'm selling. But sometimes we just like, feel like we have to fill those gaps. Totally. I totally agree. I just want to go into a couple tips that you would give, like kind of regarding financial literacy for new coaches. What are a couple things that new coaches should know about investing in their business, like investing in themselves? Like what would you say is important for them to know when they're starting out? Mm-hmm. I think in terms of like some financial tips and I'm going to get, I'm going to get into my financial coaching mode because this is something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, first and foremost, you got to be charging for what you're offering. And 
I know a lot of people, especially if you're just starting out, you might want to do a couple pro bono. And I would say, if you're going to do it, cap yourself at two. And the reason is because if you think about Parkinson's law, Parkinson's law says that you will fill up and take as much time as you give yourself. If like you have a task to get done and then you say, okay, I'm going to get it done by the end of this week, you will take the full week. If you say, I'm going to get it done by the end of today, you will take the full day. So however much time you give yourself or how many, however many resources you allot to yourself, you will use those resources. The same goes with money, by the way. And so that's why if you're like really, you know, feeling like an imposter to charge for your, for your services, if you're going to do pro bono just to get the experience and the testimonials, like at the very least get the testimonials and get the feedback to learn how to tweak your methodology and what you're offering, cap yourself at two and then just tell yourself by the end of two, I got to be ready to take money. Um, and then when you start taking money, I think it's really important to set a, a set some of those dollars aside and like a really good rule of thumb is to set a percentage aside for taxes. And I like, you know, of the money that's coming in about 20%, um, but you got to talk to your tax professional to make sure that you have a, a defined number. Um, but when you're just starting out, especially you have no tax history to base it off of. So go for a little bit higher number. People will say like 30 to 40%, but that's usually of your profit. Um, so if you're looking at your revenue, that's a larger number. You need a less, a smaller percentage. Um, and I would actually do it of your revenue. So like if you make a hundred bucks working with a client, we should totally charge more. But if, you, if that's going to be your starting price, make a hundred bucks, setting 20% aside means you're setting $20 aside. And again, Parkinson's law applies here. So if you say, okay, I'm just going to take this hundred bucks and put it in a bank account. And then you're going out and you're deciding like to make investments in your business, you'll take that full $100 and you'll spend it. But if you take to the 100 and you put $20 into a savings account so that you can cover your taxes, you will then only have 80 and they'll probably spend all the 80. Um, we can get into more details about like separating that out even more so that you can actually pay yourself. You can actually have profit, but at the very beginning, like if you just want something simple at the very least, save yourself the headache when it comes to tax time. Cause too many entrepreneurs make the mistake of not prepping for that. And that is the most important thing. When you make money, not all of it is yours. You have to pay taxes. So might as well set it aside at the beginning. And then if you save too much, God forbid, you get a bonus. You just take that extra money that you'd end up not owing and you can do whatever you want with it. Buy yourself a designer bag or take yourself on a vacation. So that's the second thing. And the third one is, um, let's see. Oh, I loved this one. I just heard this recently and it, it revolves around actually sales calls and um, pricing and like making the sale. So if you're doing sales calls in your business, never assume that your client can't afford what you're offering. Like if you're like, okay, I used to charge a hundred and now I want to charge a thousand because I see that other people are doing it. I, my coach told me I need to raise my prices. I know I need to raise my prices, but I just don't think my clients can afford it. Never assume that. And I know that's easier said than done, but just give it a try and be on the sales call and give your price and just sit and don't say anything else. Like shut your lips and wait because more likely than not, and this has always surprised me every time I've done it, which I've made the mistake it's in the past where I've talked myself down. Like I'll be like, so my, so my fee is, uh, is 1500. Um, but you can break it up into like 17 payments and you can just pay 
pay me over the next three years. And you know, if you stop paying me, it's whatever. Like, <laughs> the struggle is so real with that. Oh my God. That's so yes. Like, cause you want to make people feel safe and, and you want people to sign up for, to work with you. But if you just say, okay, this is my rate, my rates 1500 and you just let them talk, let them respond. You know, you're going to hear two things. One of two things you're going to hear either. Oh, okay. Sounds good. And then you're going to be like, crap, I should have charged more, but that's fine. Like you got it. Um, or you're going to hear, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to probably be a stretch for me. And then you'd be like, okay, well, I also have a payment plan. This is what it looks like. How does that feel? Oh, okay. That definitely feels a little bit better. Let me think about it. And then you can be like, well, how can we make it work for you today? I just did one of these, um, recently we're in an unprecedented time, um, as we record this and you know, finances are stretched, but I'm also willing to work. And I think you can always be willing to work with someone, but get them locked in today because, you know, giving them the time and the space and the, the time to get their budget together and I'm not about like pressuring it, but I'm like, I, you know, we validate that they really want it. And once we validate, they're like, no, I know I need this. I know I want to do it. Then I meet them halfway and go, okay, what will make sense for us to get this done so we can get you started? Because as the coach, I want them to, like, I want them to work with me because I want to help them change their lives. Yes. And like, I feel like there's so much messaging right now around like, okay to sell is it not okay to sell and stuff like that and that can create a lot of like anxiety for entrepreneurs yeah exactly and another really powerful thing i heard is like you have to assume whether their excuse is like i don't have the money or i don't have the time as a coach you should be showing up and believing that they can make the money and they can make the time and like not letting not validating that, oh yeah, you don't have the money or, oh yeah, you don't have the time. You should never leave the call being like, you're right. Your excuse is valid. You are right. You should always leave the call with something for them to reach for, even if it doesn't end up that they're able to sign up for you because you're, even though it's a sales call, you're still the coach in that call. And it's the coach's responsibility to see them hitting their goals. Yes. Wow. This is so good. What a great conversation that we have had today. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. And can you just tell us where on Instagram we can find you, your website, anything that you want us to know? Yes. Well, I was thinking in the middle of this that I loved this conversation. So I'm just so happy to have had the opportunity to come and share my story and share my inner imposter's name. And you can all find me at, of course, on Instagram, I'm at Tess underscore Wix, W-I-C-K-S. And I also, you know, my website's wanderwealthy.com. It's kind of going through a little reno phase right now, but you'll find something if you go there. Um, and you should check out the Wander Wealthy podcast because Jill is coming on or she's already been on depending on our upload schedules, but yeah. she, her interview is going to be there at some point and you guys are going to love it. Thanks so much for listening to the From Imposter to Empowered podcast with me, Jillian Perrick. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. And don't forget to tag me at your coach, Jill. Of course, I'd love for you to rate the podcast five stars and leave a review. And if you screenshot your review and send it to me at your coach, Jill on Instagram, I'll send you a free gift. At the very least, make sure you follow me on Instagram again at your coach, Jill for tons of free content strategies and inspo. See you next time.